1,000 rings, 1,000 rings, 1,000 rings, 1,000 rings. It is a crisis of confidence. It is a crisis that strikes at the very heart and soul and spirit of our national will. We can see this crisis in the growing doubt about the meaning of our own lives and in the loss of a unity of purpose for our nation. The erosion of our confidence in the future is threatening to destroy the social and the political fabric of America. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Top 1000 Radio. I'm your host, Chris Naren. And this is episode 35, and it's song battle number 34. I just had to throw uh, uh, President Jim McCarter, uh in there with the Malay speech because it kind of goes with the theme of today's show. Uh, I don't usually put uh, a title to the show, but today uh, we're going we're gonna to call this one Malays, Millionaire's Malays. All right, because all the songs are downers, okay? Uh, I didn't pick it that way. It wasn't on purpose. I remember it's a random number generator, okay? Uh, but before we move on, let me uh, one more time thank everybody for listening. Uh, I don't know if uh, if you heard my, my first uh, advertisement at the beginning there, uh, but uh, we, we are being sponsored by Spotify for Podcasters, and I mean everything I say in the ad because... Um, they do a really great job of making it easy for you to, to do everything. Okay. And I'm not, you know, I'm not a technically, uh, inclined person. Uh, you know, I'm not terrible at it, but, uh, it, it, it really does make it super easy to do. So, um, you know, if you haven't heard that, go back and listen to it. Definitely listen to it. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if you haven't already, uh, started following, we got a, a couple new followers, uh, the last couple of days. And if you're following and you haven't rated the show, please do that. Okay. Five stars. Uh, that helps a lot. And, uh, share the, share the podcast with people who like music and music trivia and, uh, authentic fake radio. Cause that's what we do here. And, uh, go back and check out episode number 15. Cause it, uh, is like a, an explainer tells you what we're doing here. And then, um, and then if you want to check out the lists, uh, top1000radio.blogspot.com, uh, it starts with the challengers list. And then, you know, if you ever just want to scroll through a list and see, you know, uh, maybe, maybe I forgot a song I haven't heard in a long time that, you know, you can do that. Um, but if you ever want to, you know, make your own list, I really would like to see people doing that, you know, making, making your own unassailable 1000 list, you know, 1000 song playlist. That'd be fun. All right. So, uh, let's get into news and reviews on this day, April 10th, 1970, Paul McCartney officially announces he's leaving the Beatles. Uh, and, uh, you know, that if you've read about the, you know, the intricacies of, of that whole breakup, uh, Paul kind of feels like, you know, he got kind of snookered into, into announcing his his uh, departure from the Beatles, and then he gets blamed for for the breakup. You know, uh, so you know I don't really care, but you know that was uh, uh, I was just a few months old when that, all that went down, and I always just assumed that the Beatles broke up, you know, because of because of me, you know. So uh, I still haven't seen any evidence to the contrary. Uh, on uh, this day in 1976, Frampton Frampton comes alive. 
Uh, it becomes the number one album in the United States. And if you know anything about the, you know, the Frampton Comes Alive album, you know, it has a couple of songs on it that he wrote within a couple of days. Like he had, he had this like one day of, of amazing songwriting and then never could repeat it again. And, um, and it, it made him, you know, it made him famous and made him rich. Uh, but it also kind of, you know, one of those things where it just kind of bugged him the rest of his life that he couldn't, you know, he couldn't do that. <laughs> he could do it again. Uh, Iron Maiden's third album, Number of the Beast, enters the UK chart at number one in 1982. And Brian Setzer of Stray Cat fame and Brian Setzer Orchestra fame was born in uh, 1959. And rat guitarist Warren D. Martini was born on this day in 1963. Okay. Now let's get to our song notes. Make sure it's queued up here because I have been running around like a one-legged man and a chicken with his head cut off contest. All right, here we go. Pecking Order by Tourniquet from the 1994 album Vanishing Lessons. Lyrics warn against self-righteousness and favoritism among believers. Uh, song features, uh, actually it doesn't, it's uh, Gary Lanier uh, on the guitar. Um, let's move on to Paranoid. Paranoid from the 1970 album Paranoid by Black Sabbath. Peaked at number four on the UK singles chart. Originally written as a filler track for the album that was supposed to be titled War Pigs. It drew controversy for apparently encouraging suicide, much like Ozzy's song Suicide Solution. Particularly the lyric, I tell you to enjoy life, was misheard as I tell you to end your life. According to Who Gives a Crap about Rolling Stone magazine, Rolling Stone ranked Paranoid 200, number 250 on their list of 500 greatest songs of all time and 13th on their 2023 list 100 greatest heavy metal songs of all time. Unforgiven 2 by Metallica from Reload 1998. Written by James Hetfield, Lars Ulrich, and Kirk Hammett. It's the second in a trilogy, uh, including the Black Albums, The Unforgiven, and Death Magnetics, The Unforgiven 3. All, all three songs use similar chord structure and parts of the verses. The Unforgiven 2 was first performed live on December 8, 1997, at that year's Billboard Music Awards. The song was not played again live until. 17 years later, uh, when Metallica reintroduced it into their set list for their 2015 European Festival Tours. In America by Creed, released uh, from their debut album, 1997's My Own Prison.
first train on a Me and Bobby McGee, Janis Joplin from their 19, her 1971 album Pearl, written by Christopher Chris Christopherson and originally recorded by Roger Miller in 1969. Joplin's version will reach number one in 1971. Joplin was actually in the process of recording a new album when she passed away in 1970, and Me and Bobby McGee was one of the last songs she recorded before her death. The first time Chris Christopherson heard her version was just two days after she died. All right, that is our song notes. And I did throw a little curve in there um, on my original list. It was the uh, Johnny Cash version. I will get to why I changed it here in a minute. Uh, I've never done that before. This is the first time I've I've done that, so um, bear with me. All right, let's get to the couplet battle. We skipped it the other day, but I came back to it. Now, again, these these are very kind of downer lyrics. All, the, all five songs are kind of downers, all right? And being the uh, sunny curmudgeon that I am, okay, I'm a bit curmudgeonly, I will admit, uh, sometimes, especially, you know, when I was coaching football, I was, you know, I was always yelling at people and stuff. But that was my catharsis, okay? That's one of the reasons I enjoyed, you know, coaching high school football is because, you know, you could yell at some kid, you know, for, you know, something that doesn't matter at all in <laughs> in the scheme of things. Um, and the kid doesn't care, you know, so, you know, you, you know how to yell at kids when, when you're, when you're a football coach, you, you figure it out, you know, what's going to want to hurt their, going to hurt their feelings and what's going to buck them up and what's going to, what's going to make them laugh. You know, usually they laughed at <laughs> when I got mad. Um, but you know, I knew, I knew how to, how to make myself like heard that kind of thing. But, uh, but I'm actually underneath it all. I'm, I'm actually a very sunny person. I'm very, uh, I like to see thing, things positively. I look like to look for the the positives and everything. Um, so I pick. I try to pick the most like uh, optimistic couplet from each of the songs lyrics. And so starting with uh, pecking order, uh, I took look to him and you will see the only judge for you and me. All right. And I like that one because um, you know you can. Kind of just, you know, with, with pretty much everything in your life, if you're, if you're a believer, okay. And you know, you know, Jesus Christ as your savior, you can give it all up to him, meaning like everything, like even, even judging things. Okay. So like we're, we, we're, we're called to judge according to righteousness, right. Which is hard for most people to do because most of us aren't, you know, in and of ourselves righteous, Okay, so we we judge by his standards, and we leave it up him, uh, up to him to judge things. So it's not that we're not supposed to be judging, uh, in in the sense that we're not supposed to be discerning and 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 uh, you know using wisdom and things like that. But we are. But we we don't have to be. Um, you know, we don't have to be the world's policemen. We don't have we don't have to be the culture police. We don't have to be the uh, you know the sin police. I mean, we don't have to condone sin. We don't have to condone injustice we don't have to condone bad things um but we don't have to uh you know we don't have to hold people to some standard and, I, and I, you know i'll get to what what i think the the lyrics really mean uh the in total but that's that's what i got from that that couplet uh paranoid i chose and so as you hear these words telling you now of my state i tell you to enjoy life i wish i could but it's too late not exactly uh 
uh, positive and sunny, but, uh, you know, compared to the rest of the lyrics in the song, it, it kind of is, um, you know, the, the person talking in the song is, you know, the point of view is they're, they're at the end of their rope, but whoever wrote that, we know they're still alive because all the members of Black Sabbath are still alive. Um, so it's just a kind of an exercise in putting your yourself in somebody else's shoes who's at the end of their rope. Okay. But what you can get from the song, if you'll, if you'll take the, uh, you know, the, the, the writer's advice and enjoy life, you know, that's easier said than done. I understand that. Um, as a, as a person who's kind of naturally upbeat and positive, um, someone who's not naturally that way telling them to, you know, buck up little camper and, and, you know, cheer up or whatever like that. It, it, you know, that, that's not exactly helpful. However, you know, saying it may not be helpful, but it, it it is, if you're, if you're too lazy, see, laziness is, is usually our biggest problem. Like, like doing nothing is the easiest thing to do. So if you're, if you're a naturally down person, like if you're a naturally downbeat, okay, if if you do nothing, you'll you'll always be downbeat. You'll always look on the on the dark side. You'll always see the the uh, the dark cloud, despite the silver lining, whatever, whatever you want to put it. Um, that's because you know you're not doing anything about it, but. Um, it takes work. It takes work to become to become something you're not, or to become. It, it takes work to uh, run counter to your natural state. Okay, and so um, you know maybe that's what people mean when they tell you to you know cheer up. <laughs> um, they're being lazy themselves. Okay, not not giving you any kind of roadmap. But you know I don't I don't exactly have a roadmap. I mean I have struggled with you know depression like most people like an average person i haven't struggled with clinical depression i don't think i have <laughs> um but um you know I've, I've had bad things happen and i've had you know uh times of my life oh, shoot i was a dang football coach in a, in a program that hadn't won a you know playoff game in 30 years okay luckily i you know sort of went out <laughs> you know uh, we finally did when you know we went we went all the way to the championship a couple of years ago um, and that, you know, that was awesome, but that, that was never why I was, you know, why I was doing it. I, even in years where we weren't winning a ton of games, um, you know, I, I always found you gotta, you've got to find the, the good in something, you know, uh, otherwise why keep going? Okay. So anyway, um, that's, we can go on forever with that, but let's move on to, and that's, uh, uh, my first runner up was, was pecking order tourniquet. My second runner up was, was uh, paranoid. And my third runner up is, uh, the unforgiven Two. lay beside me. Tell me what I've done. The doors close. So are your eyes. But now I see the sun. Now I see the sun. Yes. Now I see it. Okay. That's, that's good. <laughs> We're seeing the sun now. All right. The sun is good. All right. Today is a beautiful day, by the way. Like as I'm recording, it's just absolutely gorgeous where i'm at right now i'm not in any kind of exotic locale in fact i'm in uh you know a pretty armpit of the world kind of locale yet it's beautiful out here it's the sky is blue and the sun is shining perfect temperature okay 
And uh, so, you know, I could be anywhere, anywhere on the planet right now if the if the weather's like this, it's it's got to put a smile on your face, okay? Um, but yeah, I, I think the the lyrics go on to to end on a down note, uh, but um, that part is a little little ray of sunshine, almost literally, okay? Uh, and then uh, our loser, the song that's going to you know didn't didn't really. Ha- didn't really have any anything upbeat at all, really, that I could kind of, you know, at least with Paranoid, I could pull that one little part out. So in America, it has, I picked, pulled out, please, Mr. Prophet Man, tell me which way to go. I gave my last dollar. Can I still come to your show? Now, I, I pulled that one out because, you know, I think that's the one thing we can all agree on, whatever your, your, your view of religion, whatever your theology is. Uh, I think we can all agree that, um, you know, those those pastors that prey on people and take their money and promise them health and wealth and all that stuff, uh, I think most of us agree that, that that's not a good thing, <laughs> okay? And, that you know, and, it, and, it, and to me, it's a positive when you can find something to agree on. Now, I do know that there are people out there that, that believe in that stuff, and uh, so obviously not all of us can agree. But at the same time, you know, uh, I don't know. Every time I've had conversations with people who who believe in that type of you know theology, that that you know idea of God being some kind of concierge or uh, you know genie in a bottle kind of thing, um, they don't strike me as super genuine, <laughs> you know. Um, so anyway. But yeah, I don't I, I don't really like the lyrics in that song very much. I'll talk about that more in a minute. Um then my winner though, my favorite lyric of all would be the um uh, me and Bobby McGee. I love this line from the Kentucky coal mines to the California sun, Bobby shared the secrets of my soul, standing right beside me, Lord, through everything I've done. Every night he kept me from the cold. Um I love that image of going from the the uh you know, the foggy smoggy you know mountains of kentucky you know to california and the and the sun like i'm enjoying today um i always like it it, you know uh i think it was the show mad men back years ago it it, that was a very kind of downer show i i can't rewatch it at all um it's it's kind of depressing actually but the episodes where where don draper would go from new york to california that always to me seemed to pop. It was like, you know, here you are in, in, in New York and it always seemed to be raining. Uh, they use, they do a lot of, you know, stuff at night. If it's, if it's daylight, they're in a building and you're not really seeing, but when they went to California, you would see the sky and you would see, you know, the beach and the sunlight and all that stuff. And that, to me, it was like, that's a great contrast, (laughs) you know, going from, you know, somewhere back East to, to California and as, as much as California, as many problems as California has, you know, weather ain't one of them. We're, we're, we're pretty, uh, um, spoiled out here weather wise. We'll find anything to complain about because the weather is usually pretty darn good. We had a lot of rain this year, uh, un- uh not unfortunately, but un uncharacteristically for California, we've had a lot of rain and, uh, people are complaining that, well, it's just gonna, you know, in the in August, it's just going to all turn into firewood, and we're all going to burn. You know, okay, maybe it will, but can we 
can we just enjoy the fact that we, you know, we finally got a little break from the drought here a little, a little bit. Um, is that too hard? You know, uh, but no, it's, you know, that's, but anyway, I like that. I like that lyric and that's my winner. Okay. Um, we had some artificial ignorance this time. I, uh, I got no help at all, you know, from chat AI. I, you know, it, it was nothing but incorrect, uh, information pretty much the whole way through, uh, too many to mention really. But the funniest thing was when I put in, in America by Creed and asked it to, you know, give me the album, give me the year, give me the, it, it literally said, Creed has never written a song called in America. (laughs) It like straight up lied to me about that. Uh, so I thought that was hilarious. All right. So let's go ahead and, well, I'm going to, I'm going to read Artillo. Artillo had, must've been, uh, very busy today, but Artillo just gave me a one song review and it's for Pecking Order by Tourniquet. And Artillo says that intro and then the vocal melody patterns bringing back some Megadeth for me. Like the drums, and when paired with that unapologetic, relenting bass clank, this just speaks to a primal yes. And then they totally change up the feel when the guitar solo walks into the doorway. The rhythm section gets the last word as the screaming guitar and feedback merge and to hold the door open for them. Boom. All right. Thank you, Artillo. Next up, we're going to listen to, or we're going to hear from Emo Sean. And then my sister-in-law, Jennifer, is going to uh, give us her first review. Uh, she's going to do a review titled On This Day, and then a little postscript called Unforgiven? Question mark. Take it away, Emo Sean. Top 1,000 radio listeners all over the globe. This is Emo Sean coming to you from an undisclosed location somewhere in the Northern Hemisphere. Let's get to the five picks. Before getting to the list, Emo Sean has a confession. He has read every song's lyrics for today's battle, and it did not bring him happy feels. Emo Sean would, rather, would have rather ignorantly rocked on down the road, obliv- oblivious to all but the music. Don't get Emo Sean wrong. He feels, he gets the messages, agreeing with some and disagreeing with others. Today he is in a state of who cares about your feels, Mr. Miss Lyric Writer. With that said, number five, pecking order. Tourniquet rocks. Number four, paranoid. Riff rock rocks. Number three, Unforgiven 2, yeah, rocks. Did James write yeah as a lyric? Number two, In America, not Emo Sean's favorite Creed song, but the breakdown rocks. Number one, me and Bobby McGee, last because it doesn't rock as much to Emo Sean. Stay emo, pony boy, take luck. There's only one song in this list that I would keep in my playlist. There's one other that I would only play sometimes. This response is entirely about words. My number five is Pecking Order by Tourniquet. Hello, Tourniquet. I would like to know who the hen is in this scenario and why, but I hear you. Paranoid, my Sabbath is my four. Hey, Ozzy, I see you. I can relate. 
My number three, The Unforgiven 2, Metallica. I don't know what I think about this. What is it? It's not a bookend. If it's still in the same place as the first one, why are we revisiting it? Is this a chapter two in a longer story that we're going to keep revisiting until this thing is either finally resolved or it all ends in a tragic stasis? As a standalone song, well, it doesn't. And if nothing's going to happen yet, well, it was better left undid. Where do we go from a good grudge song? Let it ring out or forgive and let go. I know it's easier said than done. In America, Creed. Number two. All the songs on this list are at once very personal and very public. Many of them are dealing with hypocrisy in some form or another. Every one of them is dealing with a story, relationships, and a headspace. On the level of a slice of one single day, I know the song my soul should sing. That doesn't mean that it is a song I want to sing on that day. And until the end of that day, I cannot know what song I will actually have sung. And that is the trouble. May it be a good song. Coming in at one, me and Bobby McGee. I listened to about 10 different covers of this song to see if I would ever like it better. The answer is not really. It walks the line of a hair's breadth. Is this song being sung while you're still on the road? That's different. Are you at sea? Is it daytime? How many years have passed? Are you on a stage? Are you gathered with others around a fire? Or have you been alone for years? I think the way you look forward very much affects the way that you look back. I found that everyone who sang this song sang it with different nuance and a different level of hopelessness or abandon. I think it very much depends on where you are on the road, but no matter how you sing it, the lyrics say, I trade all my tomorrows for one single yesterday, and that is not a spot on the road I will stand in today. Postscript. Went back and listened to Unforgiven 3. Remember I said it's about where you are on the road? And I asked everyone who sang me and Bobby McGee if they were at sea. But Metallica is answering that question directly. There's a reason I asked that specific question, and it totally affects my views. Going out to sea is not a pause along the road. It is usually a step up in honesty and desperation, moving toward action. It is higher risk for an actual quest. By the way, I love the music on this. It's serious, cinematic, and dynamic, and it is definitely not a boring, flat rehashing of Unforgiven One. And we've gotten down to the bones of the real questions here. Quest on, brother. Quest on. Forgiveness cannot be bought with borrowed or stolen treasure. Seek the words paid in full. Okay, thank you very much, Jennifer. And thank you, as always, to Emotion. All right, let's get to the polls. We have the Challenger poll was another tie. We keep tying on these things. The the counselors, counselors of Learned El- Council of Learning Elders uh, were big on Van Halen, Jamie's crying. 
the uh, the slaw, the censorial laymen and women, they were kind of split between Bleak 182's What's My Age Again and the Beach Boys' Good Vibration. So uh, when I added it all up, uh, it was a tie. It was a uh, four-to-four tie between Van Halen and the Beach Boys. So I, I did the random number generator, and this time it went to the Beach Boys. So we're going to put be putting good vibrations on the list. I think it's that one's going to be replacing uh, You Got the Look by Prince, which I promise you guys uh, we're going to have another kicked from the curb uh, poll coming up, and You Got the Look will have another chance to get back on the list. Okay, so that was, you know, it, it just had that, that bad luck of being on a list of a lot of really good songs. Okay, so uh, the song battle itself the uh, counselor, Council of Learned Elders uh, came in big for Paranoid in second place. Well, tied for second place, you had uh, Pecking Order and The Unforgiven Two. And then uh, me and Bobby McGee in fourth place. And then last would be Creed in America. The Sensatorial Layman and Women uh, went... Well, it was a tie for first place between Paranoid and The Unforgiven 2, and that's prob- that's because Unforgiven 2 was left off the list due to Instagram's limitations. Um, and the only other song getting a vote from the Slaw uh, house is the Me and Bobby McGee. Okay, and so that means add it all up, the big winner is Paranoid, second place is The Unforgiven 2, third place uh, Pecking Order, Fourth place, me and Bobby McGee, and then last is Creed. So what's my verdict? My verdict? Yeah, I need a gavel of the bell that just makes me sound like a bellhop. Uh, I'm going to give the big win to Paranoid because it's Paranoid. It's, it's, it is one of the greatest heavy metal songs of all time. It's one of the songs that define the genre, and it's just a, uh, you know, an intense burst of energy. The muse just kind of showed up, you know, again, one of those classic tales of a band, you know, their manager coming in, you know, we need a, we need a a single don't we? And then the band's like, Oh, we're tired. We want to go home, you know? And there's like, no, we have to have one more song. And then, you know, and that's how we did it. We just did it right there on the spot. You know, I kind of take that with a grain of salt. I don't know how true a lot of those stories are, but, um, that's the story that they tell <laughs> that is just, it was just a filler song. It turns out to be the title track of an album it turns out to be again, a defining, you know, song of the genre, um, song that I've covered myself when I was in bands, uh, and, uh, whether it was advisable to do so or not. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, it's just a, you know, just a great song. And then second place, it, I, I, I pulled a fast one, all right? I put the Johnny Cash version of being me and Bobby McGee, and I think that's what most people listen to, but I switched up at the last minute to the Janis Joplin version because I want that song to do well. I want it, you know, ultimately this is about my playlist, and I want this on my playlist. I love that. I love her version of it. I'm not a huge Janis Joplin fan per se, but I love that version. The Johnny Cash one. Let me let me give you a little bit of confession, okay? Um, growing up, wasn't a big Johnny Cash fan, okay? And the reason why is because the stuff that is kind of the similar to the reason why I wasn't a Buck Owens fan. You know, my my uh, 
exposure to Buck Owens was hee-haw and he was goofy and corny and he was a clown and the, you know, and therefore the music didn't interest me whatsoever. Johnny Cash was kind of in that same vein for me where he was just kind of like boring. Okay. And, and I'm afraid that's what his version of, of, uh, me and Bobby McGee is. It's kind of boring. It's kind of, uh, stayed. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's watered down for, for a mass audience, I guess. Um, I don't know what, how else to put it, but, uh, the me and Bobby, Mc, the, the Janis Joplin version of it, uh, I have to disagree with my sister-in-law. Uh, I think it does rock. I think, I think it, you know, the, um, you know, the outro, it does start to jam a little bit and it, and, and it brings you out of whatever malaise, uh, the song had put you in okay and uh no i just i i think that's that's a great version of the song it's a great song you know chris christopherson could write a he could write a good song okay um johnny cash's version of sunday morning coming down i think is better than than any other version of that song i'm trying to think of who else did it i think glenn campbell might have done it chris christopherson obviously did his own version of it um Elvis might have done one, but I liked Johnny Cash's version of that song better. And there's a lot of Johnny Cash. I mean, you know, I've, I've since obviously come to be a huge fan of Johnny Cash. Um, but, but cause I had to find, I had to find the stuff that it seemed like he really cared about. It seems like some of these songs he didn't seem to care about. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, I want to put thoughts in his head, but, um, it just came off that way to me. Like, like this is just, uh, you know, I'm just going to record this one cause it'll sell, you know, kind of, kind of thing. All right. So in third place, I'm going to go with pecking order tourniquet. Um, to me, that's one of the standout tracks on vanishing lessons. Um, you know, uh, Gary Lanier's final, uh, album with, with tourniquet as a guitar player. Um, his guitar work on that is fantastic. Uh, I love that solo. You know, it, it comes out of that drum and bass break where Ted's, you know, doing his awesome Ted drumming thing, you know, and then you get this kind of bluesy, it's almost like it turns it into a Southern rock song all of a sudden. And, uh, I really, really liked that when I, I remember when I first heard it, you know, back when the album came out, you know, I was digging, I was digging it. I was like, okay, this is cool. And then. And then here comes that that solo, and I'm like, oh, that is that is fantastic. Um, yeah, and and you know, back to the lyrics again. I just think that that's a great song about not showing favoritism. You know, if you're if you're a believer, um, you know, you you can't you can't give people like rich people, for instance, um, you can't give them special status in the church. Okay, you 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 know, if you're really uh, if you're really following the example of Christ, you have to put everyone, you know, on the same level, rich, poor, whatever, whatever they happen to be. And uh, unfortunately that, that really doesn't happen in a lot of churches. You know, if you're, if you're wealthy and you're giving a lot of money to the church, um, you're probably going to get a lot of FaceTime with the pastor and, and, you know, they'll go on vacations with you and, you know, that kind of thing, especially if you're paying, <laughs> you know. And then you get to come back to church and tell all the poor people about the awesome vacation you went to, 
you know, right? You know, everybody wins. Okay. And then in my fourth place, I'm going to give that to Unforgiven 2. Of the, of the trilogy, uh, this is my least favorite. Okay, I like them. I like obviously the original Unforgiven from the Black Album, and then I think it's from the Black Album. Don't, you know, don't yell at me if I get that wrong. Um, and then the Death Magnetic one. I like Unforgiven three better than Unforgiven two. Okay, uh, but I like I like the song. It's a good song, um, but it's just not as quite as good as the other two. Uh, and then finally, in America, Creed is coming in last. Uh, not my favorite Creed song. It's it's almost like they're uh, they're channeling, trying to channel John Cougar Mellencamp, <laughs> right? Write a song about how, hey, I love America, but here's here's some problems with it, you know, that that kind of thing. And it just, to me, it doesn't. I don't know. It do, it doesn't land for me, you know. Uh, I probably would get along with Scott Stapp or whoever wrote the lyrics to the song. Probably Stapp. Uh, probably get along. As, as far as I know, from what I know of Scott Stapp, he's a huge like sports junkie, so. You know, he and I would probably get along famously uh, because of that. But um, he's a huge uh, college football fan, and I think he's a Florida Florida fan. And so he and I would have a ton of stuff to talk about, the whole Dan Mullen era and all that just by itself, you know. Uh, but John Mellencamp, uh, we probably, I don't know, we might get along, who knows. But anyway, my point is uh, I think Mellencamp kind of, you know, he carved out like the the you know he's the John Steinbeck of of rock and roll and I'm not a big John Steinbeck fan so don't take that as a huge compliment no uh I you know but he's he he can he can write lyrics about about the problems that are going on in America you know I don't think Creed really should be going in that direction all right so that's my verdict uh our so to replace in America we got three. This this is going to be a good one. I, I I'm excited about this this uh, challenger poll. We got UFO their first time on on the challenger poll. I'm going to go with too hot to handle. Okay, I know everybody likes Doctor Doctor, but uh, but too hot to handle. That's 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 one of my favorites. Uh, and then Def Leppard, first time on here. And again, a lot of people like I don't know uh, the Stripper National Anthem. Pour some sugar on me. I don't know what you weirdos like, but uh. I'm going to go with Hysteria. I love Hysteria, the, the song. I love the album, too. And, I, you know, I, I go all the way back to, you know, to their early stuff, too. But I just love Hysteria. So well-produced and, and smooth and chill, and but it's still kind of kind of crunchy and, and, uh, and hard rock. Uh, but anyway. Then uh, James Game. Okay. And I know everybody loves Funk 49. But I'm gonna go with Walk Away. All right, I love Walk Away, and I hope I don't get in trouble using a, a former member of the Eagles uh, stuff here. But we'll see. We'll see what happens when it happens. And then our next song battle is gonna be a, a tough one. Uh, we've got A Day in the Life, the Beatles. We got Elvis's version of Sweet Caroline. Okay, so maybe some of you Neil Diamond haters will uh, will give a little love to a Neil Diamond song at least. Uh, with Elvis singing it. Uh, Let's Spend the Night Together, The Stones, one of their better known, more controversial songs. We got Abacab by Genesis. Uh, that ought to be fun. And boy, another third stage song from Boston. We got Cool the Engines, which is one of my, I'll tell you right up front, it's one of my favorite tracks from that album. Okay. All right. That is going to do it 
for today's episode and we're going to play you out with uh with some more metal birds a song called spitfire pete it's a great little upbeat song and as a as a history teacher you know i think i'm legally required to to like spitfire pete so here we go with the metal birds guys and we will see you next time have a good one my mind is clean